Welcome back. This is The Sexperts, brought to you by a newlywed man and a virgin. I'm Thomas. And I'm Joseph. And today's episode is episode two, Can't Say Condom. Joseph, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about sexual education from Utah specifically, since that's where we grew up. What a great place to learn about the sex. Okay, so first we're going to start off with misconceptions growing up. How do you think babies were made growing up? Thomas, what do you think? I love this question. I had so many wrong theories about this. Um, For the first, I think what like most people, for for the first maybe nine, ten years, I didn't even think about that. I had no thoughts whatsoever. My brain just did not go down that path. But around nine or ten years old, Um, I had a friend who lived next door and one day he told me we were sitting in the attic of our shed that my dad built a little playhouse up there and he told me that one day he peeked in his parents bedroom and he saw his dad sucking on his mother's breasts and that's how babies were made according to him and I guess it kind of makes sense in in a kid's brain you know because babies drink from the mother's breast right so I guess somehow in that flow chart, it made sense to him. And so I, I kind of carried that train for about a year or two. Oh, yeah, I'd believe that. <laughs> it's kind of interesting once you learn otherwise. Um, but in my opinion, the funniest misconceptions come from early, early childhood. Did you have any really early misconceptions when you were young? Um, I actually just believed that when my parents would kiss, then they had a chance of having a baby. Um, and also growing up Christian, I uh, th- was also told that like, it's just God decides when you have a baby and then all of a sudden you have a baby, you know, like Virgin Mary. I, I didn't know why she was called a virgin or what that even meant back then. But I was just like, if God wanted you to have a baby, you're going to have a baby. Makes sense. Virgin Mary, virgin olive oil, right? Exactly. One of the things that I remember from my childhood regarding this is I had a dream once. It it wasn't a sexy dream, but it was a dream about having kids. There was, I was in a, I want to say first, second grade. And there was a girl that I had a crush on. And in this dream, we had this house together and we, I did some kind of office job and she was a stay at home mom. And one day I came home and she had a pregnant belly And I just remember being so excited. Oh my gosh, we're having a kid. This is incredible. And it just happened. You know, my brain didn't think about how did the, how did she get pregnant? It was, she's pregnant and we're having a baby. And in the dream, I pulled out this magic wand and tapped her belly and her belly actually came off of her body as like a bubble and was like bouncing around the room. And then I tapped her stomach again with the magic wand, got another baby bump tapped it again, came off. And I just did that like 16 times. And the first like 20 of them had baby animals inside. And then the last one finally had a baby boy that we were able to take and raise. And, and that was, that's, so that's what my brain thought of as a kid. So what did you do with all those other bubbles? Uh, I guess we opened up a zoo, you know, what else do you do? Right. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Um, what about, uh, using the bathroom? Did you have any misconceptions about that? So obviously we guys have our little pee-pee that we pee out of, you know, as we called it back when I was like five. <laughs> um, and the only thing I knew about women was that they didn't have a pee-pee. And so 
I just thought they peed out of their vagina because, you know, we were told men have penises and women have vaginas. So obviously they just got to pee out of the front, which was, was also why I didn't know why they couldn't use a urinal. Yeah. In fact, I thought the exact same thing, but I, I just thought there was a hole there. I didn't think there was anything but a hole. Right. Yeah. No, so they, I, I remember thinking the same thing. Yeah. So they pee out of the hole and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else would there be if they don't have a little a little thing sticking out to help guide them? I guess it's just a hole, you know. And what did you think about when the baby when it's time for the baby to come? First of all, how did the baby get there? And then how does it get out? Yeah. I mean, obviously, they the, the woman would poop the baby out because that's the biggest hole. Right. That's what I thought as a kid. That, and it makes sense, you know, how else does something leave the body, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's how we get big things out of our butt. That's also why I thought it was going to hurt really bad when they when they told me it did. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, how, how would a how would a baby come out of a super small hole that you pee out of? That's what I thought. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to a kid. So I don't know about you, Thomas, but back when I was in elementary school, we had this weird little maturation class. Hmm, I actually wasn't allowed to go to that. My parents didn't want me to go. Oh, they didn't sign that waiver? No. Well, let me just fill you on what they talked about, all right? Okay. So what I learned is that we grow hair all over our bodies as a male, and that's pretty much it. I didn't learn what boners were. I didn't even know what the word boner meant. Like, we have a bone, you know, a boner, who knows? So I, fun fact, I went through all of elementary school and partway through middle school before finding out why I got boners. I thought when I got a boner, it just meant I had to pee really bad. <laughs> that is incredible. So, so what about when you woke up in the morning with a boner? You just thought you just had, that's because you had to pee? Yeah. I mean, we all pee in the morning anyway. So that's obviously the reason why that's what I thought for a long time. <laughs> that's hilarious. I remember asking a couple of my friends what happened in the maturation program because I knew it had something to do with sex ed because my parents told me like, we don't want you to go to that because we're going, we're responsible for your sex ed, not a school. So I remember asking my friends, what did you guys talk about there? And he said, oh, we just, we talked about like our body parts. And then when he was, when the guy that was presenting was done, he said, hey, do you guys want to learn what the girls are learning about? And of course, everybody's like, yeah, I want to know what the girls are talking about. And he summarized it to me saying like they learn that they get periods and um, they can get pregnant. And that's what they talked about over on the girl side, according to the instructor for the boys. Right. Yeah. My instructor didn't do that. Yeah, I see. I was I was in good old little Provo, Utah, where it's even more of a bubble. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember wishing I could have gone. But uh, my parents instead sat me down um, and gave me the talk like many parents did, except it was it wasn't for the reason that it normally comes up. You see, I was about 11 or 12 at this point and still hadn't got the talk yet. And I wanted to go swimming and I wanted the whole family to come swimming. But my sister said, oh, I can't right now. And of course, me being, a, you know, almost a teenage boy, I'm like, well, why not? I want to go swimming. My brothers want to go. Dad wants to go swimming. Let's go swimming. Yeah. Why Why would you say no to that? You know? Exactly. Family fun time. And so I pressed her. I was like, I want to go swimming. Like, let's go. And my mom chimes in and she's like, well, you guys can go swimming, but your sister and I can't. We just can't go swimming right now. And I remember getting so frustrated. It felt like they were keeping a secret from me, you know? And uh, so eventually my dad says, okay. Do you really want to know? And I'm like, of course, 
I want to know. So he takes me back to their bedroom, sits me on the bed and he sits on the bed and he says, Thomas, you see, you know your balls? And I said, yeah. He's like, well, your body makes sperm. And when a man and a woman get together and want to have a baby, the sperm will get ejaculated from the penis and it'll meet the egg. And then that egg implants and grows into a baby. And I just remember sitting there like, and what does that have to do with swimming, man? <laughs> what is the point? Um, so I was very confused on so many levels. Oh, yeah. My parents were very vague on that kind of stuff, too. They just would try to go around things. And I was I just honestly, after the talk, I got more confused. <laughs> yeah. And that's the case with a lot of families in Utah, I feel like, because the parents, they think that if they say too much, then they're going to inspire curiosity in their kids. Or in reality, not answering their questions is going to make the kid more curious and turn to other sources. Yeah, and unfortunately, in this day and age, we have this cute little thing called a phone, a smartphone that has very a lot of a lot of answers that we don't want your kids to uh, know about from the internet. Yep, I remember there was a family worried about teaching their kid about sex. And I remember this is after my wife and I had actually taken a class in college about healthy sexuality in a marriage. So I remember talking to these parents and being like, well, just so you know, you're actually, you should over answer the kids questions because if you don't, they're probably going to look toward the internet for more answers. And you want the kid to base his sex knowledge on pornography or other things. Most parents would probably say no. Exactly. And in all honesty, yeah, if you the more overboard you get, the more the kid is going to be like, ew, and then not want to know more. He, they will go to their f- friends and be like, oh, yeah, my parents said way too much. That's so gross. I don't even want to talk about it. Exactly. It's the same thing with cooties, right? You know, when you're young, girls have cooties and that's just gross. And so if you explain a lot, you know, if you answer all their questions and a little more, the kid's going to be like, ooh, and then not look too much into sex exactly and fun fact so my sister so i i have three uh there's three of us younger siblings so my my i have a family of seven kids i'm the youngest of seven and so there's three of us younger ones that are each two years apart Um, my sister is in the middle and then my brother is right above her basically my sister once a month would get very very upset at me, at my brother, and I was very confused. My brother somehow knew about why she was upset every month, and I didn't. So I got really frustrated, and eventually my brother actually told me the reason why. He was just like, actually, so women have this thing called a period every month, which means that their hormones are out of whack, and they're just she's just going to be mad for no reason. And I was like, wow, that explains so much. And... I didn't find that out until like ninth grade. Oof. So the entire time you're just wondering why she's, you know, get reacts at the little things. Exactly. Like a good solid like five years of of her just getting mad at me for once a month, you know, had no idea why. I guess I was just figuring I was just an annoying little brother, which I'm sure I was, but you know, couldn't have been that annoying. Well, and I feel like to be fair to the the women listeners out there, when your hormones are being messed with, it's a lot harder to regulate different things in your life, whether that be, you know, your hobbies or your uh, sometimes it's um, um, emotions towards things that, you know, annoy you, things like that. Because when your hormones are out of regulation, 
somebody just tapping their foot on the floor, normally that might not bug you that much. But if your hormones are out of whack, you might be extra sensitive to that, you know? So to her in those moments, you probably were that annoying. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you you definitely were. We, we us boys are already annoying. And as soon as you're guys, you, uh, you women out there on your periods, we're just exponentially worse. Yeah. And, you know, it's understandable. The interesting thing is, though, that I learned um, in high school as I got more lady friends is that each woman experiences their period differently as far as their hormones go. Um, I had one friend that actually would just get really tired during her period. She didn't get mad. She didn't get upset. She was just tired. Hmm. And I'm like, that makes sense. I mean, what your body's going through, I mean... I would be tired too. I mean, yeah. I'm tired every day already. I can't imagine getting that even worse. So it's interesting. So everybody experiences it differently. And I definitely love to hear um, all the different ways that it affects you guys. Obviously, don't go into too much detail. I don't want to know that much. <laughs> but let us know. My, uh, I have actually uh, a sister and then another close family member that are afflicted by a condition called PMDD. And I'm not exactly sure what the acronym stands for, but it actually means that they get super heavy periods. And during menstruation, they actually get flung into deep depression because their body has an inability to regulate serotonin and and I think one other hormone. And so for them, not only do they bleed a lot, which could be startling for you know a young girl who does who thinks this is what's supposed to happen well, especially starting out yeah it, and, but not not only that to be flung into a depressive episode i mean that just that's the icing on the worst cake possible right oh yeah for sure i can't so, imagine how awful that would be yeah it's it's rough and there's really not much that they can do about that they can you can try different medications but in the end if nothing works the only solution is to actually have your ovaries i think removed so, or or to put you through menopause, interesting. Whether chemically or hormonally, so that your body's not you know freaking out anymore. That's just an interesting fun fact about. Well, fun fact, yeah. And also another fun fact: Did you know that men have periods as well? Definitely not nearly as bad. But have you ever noticed your man being all of a sudden either very eccentric or just also very depressed? Uh well, since I'm married to a woman, I don't think I have noticed that. Well, to our uh, women viewers, let us know. But as a man, I definitely actually noticed that I would have these random spurts um, when I was dating a girlfriend back in high school. Um, She told me like, oh, you're on your man period. And I'm like, I guess I am. And I guess I found out that the reason why I was feeling so much worse on those days or so much more eccentric was because I was on my man period. But again, I'm glad that I don't have to go through what women do because uh, bleeding down there doesn't sound fun. Yeah, I, I do know that for men, it's usually based on the testosterone cycle. And that is actually, as far as I understand it, it's a daily cycle. So in the morning, your testosterone levels are different than at night. And that can actually cause fluctuations within a single day. But because it's you know, happening every 24 hours, it's a little bit easier to regulate because you know a little bit more what to expect. Exactly. And that is also why we get the uh, morning wood is what they call it. Mm -hmm. And that's actually also part of the natural body cycle during sleep. Did you know most men during sleep get usually three to six boners just spread throughout the night and that they can't control, they don't feel, they have no idea that it's happening. 
Oh, I'm sure mine's a lot more than six. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you exercise down there, you know, it might it might be a little more often. Yeah, maybe a little. Um, but it's actually just part of the body trying to make sure that it's still functioning, that you can still get an erection. So even they actually have done studies, even men with erectile dysfunction, when they go to sleep, they get these erections at night, no problem. Every single man. Interesting. Isn't that, isn't that curious? And um, that actually reminds me of, a, of an interesting thing that, that happens to uh, teenagers. Besides uh, women having their first period, which is usually a distressing, really distressing moment, uh, let's talk about teenage boys and their first wet dream. And I can remember my first wet dream. I was very concerned about that. I, uh, you know, you wake up and you think you peed yourself. Yeah, but it's not it's not a it's not what you think. It's sticky, sticky and it's uh, white. (laughs) Yeah, I remember I think my dream actually was that I had to pee super bad. Mine was actually a little similar. It wasn't very sexy. It was just kind of I felt like I really needed to go. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, did I just pee my pants? I thought that was a two year old thing. Yeah, I remember just like opening my pajamas and being confused that not only did it not smell like I peed myself, but everything was sticky and weird. And, and in, in Utah uh, specifically, there's a high percentage of Mormons. And as a Mormon boy, I totally thought I just sinned because after a second you realize, okay, this isn't pee. And then you're like, wait a second. Like, I remember hearing something about this. Like, did I just masturbate? Like what just happened? Yeah, because they don't actually talk very much about that in the Mormon church either. Um, I grew up in the Mormon church as well, and I didn't hear anything other than masturbation and sex before marriage is a really awful sin. And so when you find out that you just had a wet dream and that stuff came out, you're not taught really what it is, and you just feel really guilty about it. In fact, a lot of um, people that are that are raised in environments like that, not just Mormon, but any really um, religious community that that looks down upon uh, extramarital sex and things like that, you know, pornography, masturbation, a lot of those people actually have a guilt complex whenever they experience sexual feelings, even with dreams. So a lot of wet dreams are accompanied with sexy dreams and at least in Utah, a lot of kids think that they're committing sin for having a sexy dream, even though that's literally just what your body does. Every man on earth experiences it. Yeah. And actually, actually because the, because of the culture, um, and that, especially in Utah, um, a lot of kids actually feel really bad about even kissing somebody, um, before marriage. Um, I had one person tell me that, Uh, One uh, girlfriend actually told me that she didn't want to kiss me until we were married. And uh, that was a big red flag. Um, (laughs) uh, Didn't do that, obviously. And she's also probably the kind of person to be abstinent through marriage, right? Most likely, yeah. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that, uh, I remember they in school, they don't really teach you the mechanics of sex, how it really works. All they talk about is just to not have sex, and then what are the consequences if you do? Yeah, lots and lots of STDs. Don't know how you get them. They just say as soon as you have sex, you're going to get an STD. In fact, they don't teach you about 
birth control. They don't teach you about condoms, how to prevent STDs, have safe sex. It's just don't do it. And then here's the consequences if you do. And it's not just Utah that has that kind of sex ed. It's also a lot of areas in the South. Um, it's it's not here's how to be safe. It's don't do it. Here's why. Exactly. And yeah, who knows? I never learned how to do it. I didn't know what it was. It was a long, a long time before I figured out exactly what it was. And if you're anything like the average boy during this day and age, you probably learned exactly what it was from pornography. Um, that's how I learned about it. I remember I was doing a Google search of something innocent, uh, like looking for images for a school project, writing like a paragraph or something or doing a slideshow. And I remember I Googled something super innocent and then this pornographic picture came up and my brain got buzzed immediately because I was so confused as to what I was seeing. You know, I was just like 10 year old, 11 year old boy. Like what just happened? I, I, I know that I'm not supposed to look at it, but it's also really interesting. And, it, you know, you spiral through this, this curiosity. And so that's how I first learned what sex was. Is I remember I saw like a pornographic image and I was like, oh, yeah. that's how it happens. Oh, it was the exact same way for me, actually. Um, fun fact, I remember exactly when my the first time that it happened was, it was I was scrolling through Facebook, believe it or not. And there was a Daily Mail video that oh. was talking about booty injections. Oh, my goodness. And obviously, it was showing a lot of big booties on there. And um, I got very curious. <laughs> so that was where I found my first uh, pornography. That was the, the downhill path to pornography addiction. And it's actually interesting. Nowadays, pornography companies actually target children um, specifically, they hope to get people hooked earlier so that later in life, you know, they're more willing to go on the websites, get revenue from ads, or even subscribe to premium services. But sadly, nowadays, I feel like most teens, boys and girls, because pornography usage is actually skyrocketing around, uh, among girls, that's where they're getting a lot of their information from. The hows, the what it should look like. Um, and, and I feel like they're getting more misinformation from that than we did growing up not knowing what sex was. Oh, yeah, exactly. And pornography is not just visual either now, too. Um, I know a lot of girls actually are a lot more into the um, reading aspect of pornography. Um, I know several people, several girls that have um, told me about stuff like that, where it's the reading. They're not really interested in the visuals, believe it or not. Um I probably understand that the uh, male penis isn't actually that attractive. Um, <laughs> Sadly, maybe it's because I'm straight, but um, <laughs> it's not that attractive as boobs are. So it makes sense that girls would be a lot more into the reading aspect than the visual. Because I think that lets them play on their fantasies more than and and for men, it's it's all about the visual stimulation. Men don't really care just generally speaking men don't care about reading i do have a super close female friend who was exactly like that though she read like not all the books she could get about that but i mean she read a lot because that's what enticed her oh yeah and it always starts with 50 shades of gray oh every time and then you watch the movie and then and then you go back to the books because the and then you go back much. to the books yeah because <laughs> the, the books are always better than the movie exactly um i remember in in my class in high school, actually, I was taking this health class and they actually covered, well, 
I don't, I, I guess you can't say covered, but they mentioned some stuff about sex. They actually showed a diagram of a penis um, cut in half so you could see the inner glands and, and the inner workings of how that all was constructed. And then they showed us a picture of ovaries. And then that was all they actually educated us on sex organs. In fact, the, the best memory I have of that class is when they showed the diagram of the penis. A girl in my class fainted. Everybody was just looking at the diagram when we hear this thud against the wall. We turn and this girl's head is like rolling like in the corner. She's oh, no. absolutely gone. So the teacher, of course, um, knew what happened because apparently this isn't that uncommon in Utah. And went over and gave her some a treat like Starburst or something. And then she was okay. But uh, yeah, Sugar will do wonders. Apparently, though, that's not uncommon in Utah is to have people faint in the school environment when they're learning about this stuff because it's the first exposure they've ever had. Oh, yeah. I remember my first exposure was in my human biology class when we watched the Circle of Life video. Uh-huh. If and if all you viewers out there know that one, because I've heard <laughs> it's pretty common. Um, so to this day, I am still grossed out by that video. <laughs> is that the one where they show like a, a live birth? Oh, yeah, the live birth. And you're oh, like, yeah. woman is like pooping, peeing, and giving Baby. birth at the same time. I, I mean, I didn't even think that happened. I remember watching that, and I went and talked to my sister-in-law because, you know, I'm the youngest of seven, so I have sister-in-laws and sisters that have had babies. And I'm like, did you poop when you had your baby? And she was like, yeah. Yeah, it happens pretty often, actually. I was like, wow, <laughs> that's so cool, but really gross. <laughs> the more you know. I guess if you think about it, were we, did we get poop on us when we got born? Oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, I mean, man. I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not that bad. We have all of our mother's insides on us. So. That's fair. That is a fair point. And the poop was inside her too. So it's really not that yeah, different. I guess. Think about it. The poop used to be food. So that's part of our sus- sustenance as babies growing inside of our mother's womb as well. That's fair. What about uh, STDs? Let's talk a little bit about that and what they talk about in the uh, sex ed classes. What did they cover for you? Not much. They just said STDs are bad. This one gives you bumps on your balls. Um, this one will give you other bumps. And it was mostly just the ones with the bumps. They didn't really show any pictures. They were just like, you're going to have bumps. Also, um, what they also taught me was actually how to check for cancer on your balls and boobs. Because we had both sexes in our class. So I know how to check for uh, cancer and boobs. So um, if you ladies need help, I got you. <laughs> I do remember that. They, they, they're they like, after a hot shower, your balls are hanging. So that's the prime time to go feel around and see if you've got any odd lumps on your testes. Exactly. Now, do you ever remember getting odd lumps on your testes? I don't think so. But I do remember them changing size, actually. Yeah. Did you know that most of the time one testicle is bigger than the other? Yeah. And it usually droops a little bit lower than the other so that you don't get the Newton's cradle effect while running. It's true. And also, have you ever lost track of one of your balls? I actually have. One time I was doing like a yoga type exercise or something at home. And I remember I had my feet like towards the ceiling. And then all of a sudden, I just remember feeling something 
off down there. So being alone, I just reached down there and I could only feel one of my balls and I almost panicked. But as soon as I stood up, it was there. I, I don't remember if I knew what happened at that point or not, but I remember it must have gone up into my pelvis. Yeah, that actually happens. It actually happened to me one time too. Um, actually, within the past few months, I remember feeling up there and I was like, where's my ball? You know, and I wasn't panicking because I'm plenty old enough now to realize <laughs> that my balls are still there. But it was kind of weird. It's just like, whoa, it's gone. I did have a buddy who was leapfrogging a cement pole and he landed on the pole and he Ooh. said that it didn't hurt that much. One of, the, one of his balls got pinched between his leg and the pole, but the other one actually went up into the cavity. So he said he only got hurt on one ball, thankfully. That's lucky. <laughs> but uh, And they also, fun fact about that is they change size depending on, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, how much semen there is. So once if, you, if you're full, if you want to put it that way, and then you ejaculate, they actually shrink because there's physically less stuff there. Oh, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Um, another thing actually is that guys will feel sympathy pain for other guys. Um, there was actually this one time that uh, a friend of mine barely didn't get one of his balls just pretty much stabbed by this little metal um, pole thing. It was like a shelf kind of style Ooh. and it barely missed. And I'm telling you, my balls just started hurting right after that because I was just like, oh my <laughs> gosh, like that. That would have hurt so bad. Yeah. Anytime you, anytime a man sees another man get ball tapped, it's just... Oh, it hurts. You feel it. You feel it. It's, and, it's that sympathy pain. And I guess that's payback because we don't have to go through childbirth. It's true. Yeah, actually. I heard that getting kicked in the ball super hard is almost hurts as, as much, if not more, than childbirth, depending on how you got hit. I remember reading that if you if it's painful enough to die from, then that exceeds the pain of birth. I remember hearing a story about a dude that got kicked in the balls by a horse and he died. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. I've never gone to the source to see if that's legitimate, but I do know that it does vary. Most of the time, though, it's probably not worse because childbirth, I mean... That's literally pushing a melon through a hole that's not big enough. You know, most yeah. women actually tear from the vagina to the anus or at least part the way through. If they don't dilate enough, especially, yeah. And that's just, that doesn't seem right. That just. Yeah, childbirth is scary, but also apparently it's really good. I wouldn't know, but I hope to someday. And we'll talk more about that experience in a, in a later episode. Let's go back to... Um, STDs. I do remember my school actually taught us about crabs. They did teach us about crabs really? and and pubic lice. Um, I don't know if that's the same. Is that the same thing? Are crabs pubic lice? Is that all? I don't remember. Is that a synonym? If it's not, then they may have talked about both. But I remember them specifically saying pubic lice. And I remember being revolted by that. I mean, lice already. Oh, that's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, I can't imagine having lice. But imagine little teeny spiders crawling on your penis oh no way that'd be so awful so i do actually remember that being talked about in my sex ed class yeah i i felt the exact same way i didn't want to have sex anymore i mean because i mean because that's all they do is they like they're just trying to scare you away from it here in utah yeah and it kind of makes sense because if you have sex with a bunch of people your chance of getting an std goes up 
but, oh, 100%. but I was led to believe it's super common. Like even if you have sex with somebody who hasn't had sex before, that it was possible to get one of yeah, these diseases. No, I was taught the exact same thing. So, and whether that's us, you know, misunderstanding or the teacher not being clear enough, either way, the fact that that is such a widespread problem indicates that they probably need to work on the curriculum a little bit. Maybe just a little. I feel like nowadays kids go into those classes already knowing everything. At least that's what they think because they're like, oh, I've seen a video of a man having sex with a woman. Like I already know like how it works. I know what it looks like. And then they take away this weird, unrealistic expectation of what it's supposed to be. Exactly. Because there's so much edited in the pornography industry, the lighting, the, the, I mean, shaving look, a lot of girls don't shave down there and that's okay. Actually. I, again, guys don't care as we talked about in our last episode, mm-hmm. but it sets that unreal expectation of every single pornography video out there. The woman is shaved, waxed something down there. So I actually remember when I first found out that woman grew hair down there and I was, I was actually shocked because how were we supposed to know? Yeah, according to pornography, both women and most men are completely bare down there. Yeah. Well, no pun intended. <laughs> Not only that, but you all you see are these two people skipping the get to know each other, skipping the trust and the the bond that you can have between, you know, people that are dating. It's it's really just a continuation of the casual sex movement, just more erotic because it's meant for display. Exactly. Yeah. It's meant to be watched. It's meant to be masturbated to. It's meant to get your attention and get you hooked. Um, especially the plot. I hear the plot is especially captivating. Yep. It's always the plot. I mean, that's that's what uh, I watch anime for is the plot. Especially things like, you know, Sword Art Online, Fairy Tale. I hear oh, the yeah. plot for those shows is fantastic. Oh, yeah. My Dress Up Darling. The plot is great. On yeah. That. I remember in class they never mentioned condoms ever not once and everybody every teenage boy and hopefully every teenage girl knows what a condom is i mean through tv and books and everything there's no way you can't get to that point and not know what a condom is exactly but they don't mention it they don't show you how to use it they don't tell you where you can get them they just leave it out yeah they have no idea I also, again, I just, I never knew. I, I knew they existed. I also thought that was the only form of birth control that's out there. And then you start learning about like hormones and pills and um, physical blocks and everything. Uh, it's just, but, but in Utah, at least they don't discuss any of that. It's just abstinence, STDs. And then sadly, most, most kids leave those high school environments just utterly unprepared for what it actually means to engage in a sexual relationship. Exactly. And I was actually lucky um, growing up in high school because I, um, one of my ex-girlfriends in high school knows, knew a lot about this because her parents didn't do the Utah culture standard. 
Um, she actually knew everything about it. She knew more about my body than I knew about my body. Wow. So I learned more about my own body from my girlfriend at the time. Did you feel violated by that? No, I was very happy about that. I was happy <laughs> to finally learn about it. And then she was disappointed in my parents for not teaching me about it. She was every time she was like, every time I'd say I had no idea about that. She was shocked. She was like, wait, really? How do you not know about that? Including everything about the female. I mean, I knew nothing about the female. Um, I didn't know, I didn't even know what a, what a tampon was like. It's for I, nosebleeds. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're <laughs> for. I always wondered why there was like a, every, all the girls always had a little pad, like something in their purse, whatever. And they would get like super worried when you like help them find something in their purse. Oh yeah. Uh, the embarrassment. Oh yeah. And I don't know. And I sitting there, I was as a guy, I was like, I don't even know what this is. So why are you embarrassed by it? You know, I didn't know where it went, anything. I didn't know that there was pads, there was cups, there was tampons. I just, I didn't even know girls bled on the period. <laughs> I, I, there was a lot I did not know. I, I also just remember looking in the bathroom growing up as a kid and seeing like those wrappers in there. And I'm like, what is that? Why don't I have any like it? And then they would always smell bad. I remember the funniest thing that I used to think about pads is I remember as a kid, one time I closed the door, locked it and I opened a pad because I just, the curiosity got the better of me. And I was like, I need to know what this is. So I unwrapped it and I remember, you know, it was a few inches long and like an inch and a half, two inches wide maybe. And there was a sticky side. And I remember being so concerned because I thought you stuck the sticky side on the vagina. Yeah, no, that's what I thought too. <laughs> and like wrapped it up and then in between the butt cheeks, you know? Like I was just so confused. And this is when I was like 15 or 16. Oh yeah. No, yeah. It's late teenage years for yeah. all of this stuff for me too. Like, I mean, I was 17, I think, when I finally learned about a tampon. Yeah. It, and it was mind boggling to eventually find out from, I think my sister, that they stick it on their underwear and it's just to catch drips and, and other things like that, you know, discharge and all that. Oh, which is brilliant, honestly. I'm, yeah. I'm actually surprised about the industry there. It's still a bad industry because it's expensive and I feel bad about it, but it's it's well done. Well, I wish almost they would make a product like that for guys. Have you ever peed and then when you're done peeing, the last couple little drops, you know, you feel like you're done and then you zip up and you're washing your hands and then you just feel that the warmth and the and the yep. and the movement of the drip. Oh, all the time. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much you shake, so you're gonna have that. Yeah. What's the saying? No matter how much you shake or dance, the last few drops go in your pants. Is that yep. it? That's a good. That's yeah. a good saying. I remember. Uh, just I don't know. The more I thought about pads and and that the the pee drips, the more I'm like, huh. Guys are just expected to just suck it up and walk around with a few drops of pee in their pants. Hey, you know, it dries up. It used to be water. It's fine, right? (laughs) And that's why it's not okay to wear your underwear for more than one day, boys. If you do that, stop it. Yeah, it's it's gross. It's literally pee. Okay, and let's be honest. Your your farts are going to not be just air. That's true. If you look at a boy who doesn't change his underwear, he's got buildup. Oh, yeah. It's uh, kind of gross. So the more you know, and this is the Sexperts by Thomas and Joseph. Um, thank you for joining us today. If you want to hear more about this topic, there is a lot more we could talk about. I mean, 
the sexual education system, especially here in Utah, is full of flaws um, that hopefully will be fixed. But uh, who knows? Who knows, indeed. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, hopefully no concerns, go ahead and email us at thesexpertspod at gmail.com. One more time, that is thesexpertspod at gmail.com. All right, and thank you so much for joining us, guys, and uh, tune in for the next episode. That will hopefully be out pretty soon after this one. All right, we'll see you next time.